message you are about listening to is from Pastor E. A. Adibui, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. I don't know what's happening, but there seems to be a child here. The guy said, no, not a child. God said, twins. And the doctor, the very specialist man, said, even the fact that I see something moving here, I'm not even too sure. She came back about three months later. Well, it looks as if there are two here. The day came for her to deliver. And because the husband was wealthy, so the husband said to the doctors, please, we don't want any other child. Two will be enough. But we don't want to take any risk. We don't want a case of saying why she was in labor. Something went wrong. Please operate, just bring out the twins. And then you can seal the womb. So they put her to sleep, she woke up, and everybody was looking at her as if she fell from the stars. They said, what's wrong with you? Where are my twins? They said, your twins are okay. And then what's the problem? They said, you wait for the professor. The professor came. Professor, what's the problem? The professor said, after I took out the two twins, I was searching for the womb. This is the first time in 34 years of operations that I've brought out a set of twins from somebody who has no womb. <laughs> now that's big enough. Just to let you know why people like me behave as if I'm a child in the hand of God, because that's what we all are. That's almost 20 years ago. Then some months ago, I got a letter from her. I've not seen her for quite a while. I mean, by the grace of God, the church has grown. Daddy, I want to bring my twins to you. Oh, good. I've not seen those beautiful ones for a long time. And then she came. Huh? And she was carrying two new twins. <laughs> now over 60 years old. There's no nothing called menstruation of any type. And the God who did it the first time decided to do it the second time. Now, you tell me what science can explain that. But there is a God who is above science. There's a God who is above medicine. That God is here today. Have they told you that there's no hope for you? The power of resurrection will restore your hope. Now, let us consider something called joy. 
You know, joy is different from happiness. Happiness is something that you have when something happens. Joy is something you have whether anything happens or not. <laughs> joy is a very interesting something. When we talk about resurrection, as far as joy is concerned, we are talking about someone who used to know joy, who for one reason or the other lost joy, and then the power of resurrection restored the joy. In Luke chapter 7, from verse 11 to 15, Luke 7 from verse 11 to 15, the Bible tells us about a woman who had only one son, and the one son died. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. The Lord said, there's someone here. He said, those who say there's no way you can make it, we soon come and celebrate your achievement. And so this woman was going to bury her only son. She knew joy before. She was full of joy the day she got married. She was full of joy the day the son was born. But now she had no sorrow. The husband had died. And the devil, a very bad devil, saw people with many children and went to the house of the fellow who had only one and killed that boy. As they were going to the burial ground, the woman was going deeper and deeper in sorrow because she knew that very soon she would return home alone. She knew that some of those who said they were sympathizing with her were already asking questions among themselves. Are you the only one in town? Why is your own problem so bad? She was deep in sorrow. But Jesus met her on the way, laid a hand on the coffin, and said to the young, first of all, he told the woman, weep not. And the woman will be wondering, what do you mean, weep not? If, if I don't weep, who should weep? They told the boy, come back. Stop causing this woman sorrow. You can imagine. I wasn't there. But when that boy got up, jumped out of the coffin, and the woman, instead of continuing to the graveyard, began to go back home. I, I know she knew joy. Have you lost your joy? You are getting it back tonight. Let me give you another example along the area of joy. Oh, thank you, Daddy. Daddy asked me to tell someone, and I, and I want to say amen to this before I tell you. <laughs> because at times he says something so beautiful, 
Uh, there's nothing wrong in loving yourself first <laughs> before loving your neighbor. The Almighty God says there's someone here tonight. He said, I'm going to give your entire life a total overhaul. Yes, that's an overhaul for your body, an overhaul for your soul, an overhaul for your business, and your entire life. A total overhaul. Let's talk about this issue of joy from another angle. Let's take David. David knew joy. I mean, he was a shepherd boy. Even as a shepherd boy, he was already singing psalms. And then when nobody would consider him for promotion, God compelled them to go and bring him out. You know the story, 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 1 to 13. When they were not going to present him, God said, we will not sit down until you bring this boy. So they brought him. And he was anointed king. He became king among his brethren. He soon became king over Judah. And then he became king over Israel. Uh, nobody needs to tell you that David was joyous the day he cut off the head of Goliath. But then he sinned. You know the story. Second Samuel, chapter 11. They committed that horrible sin. They committed adultery with the wife of one of his soldiers. Uh, pretended that uh, the woman was uh, uh, pregnant, tried to make it look as if it was by husband. The husband, poor fellow, refused to go home and sleep. He made him drunk. The fellow refused to go. Ah, okay, if we won't go in, we'll get rid of you. He arranged for the husband to be killed and then pretended to be a very good king. So he brought the woman into the house and told everybody, you see how I look after my soldiers? When time but you, I bring in their wife so I can take care. And then God confronted him and placed a curse on him. And he knew sorrow. I mean, sorrow. He cried unto God. You can read Psalm 51 when you get at home. I hear him crying to God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And God heard. And God responded. The baby that he got through adultery, that one died. The next baby was Solomon. Bible sent a prophet to go and name the boy. God has forgiven me. He knew joy again. And then he wrote Psalm 34 from verse 1 to 3. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us praise his name together. There is hardly any joy like the joy of a backslider who is restored to God. If you have never backslidden, I pray you will never backslide. Amen. If you are a backslider and you are here tonight, you can reconnect with God and your joy will be revived. When I got born again, I was a little child in the Lord. I went to a meeting, gathering of children of God. They were singing choruses, most of which I didn't know, because I was new. But in order that they wouldn't know I wasn't singing, I kept on making a joyful noise. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the singing stopped, as if by a command from heaven. And then one man began to prophesy, Thou saith the Lord, and he began to talk. The man who took me there, I nudged him. Uh, when did God say that? <laughs> he said, shh, keep quiet, God is talking. I said, I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> Every one of you here tonight who have never heard from God, you will begin to hear from him. It wasn't long after that that God began to speak to me. And he would tell me several things when I'm going to church, he will tell me who will preach, what text he will use, before I got to the church. It was wonderful. Then I sinned. When I joined the church, I was the most educated person in the church. And so they made me the interpreter for the founder, the big man. They will speak in our native language, I will interpret. And because I was interpreting for the big one, the other pastors left me alone. They, I, was con I was reserved for the big man. Then one day, one of the pastors, I don't know what got into him, <laughs> came to me and asked me to come and interpret for him. I was angry. I didn't show it. I thought, what's wrong with you? Don't you know I am the big interpreter? If he knew what was going on in me as I was interpreting, he would have said, please go and sit down. Let me get somebody else. <laughs> but I interpreted. I finished. As soon as we finished, as I was on my way to my car, God spoke. Okay, so you are now too big to interpret for my pastor. 
Oh, the Bible says God receives the proud. And from the moment he said that, he cut me off. It is better never to have heard from God than never to hear from him again. I prayed. I wept. I, oh Lord, please, just reconnect me. And if I'm going to offend you again tomorrow, kill me today. It was at that stage that he finally began to speak again. So if you, if you see that as we go along, he's saying some things, and you are not hearing it, don't worry. <laughs> I will repeat whatever he says to you. <laughs> but if you have lost your joy, there is a power that can restore that joy. And that's why I said at the beginning, and I believe very firmly, there's someone here tonight who will never weep again. Amen. If you are the one, say amen loud and clear. Amen. Now, let's now move to something else. And after that, maybe I will begin to round up. It's a Bible study, but it shouldn't be too long. <laughs> The subject called destiny. What is destiny? It's a plan that God has for your life before you are born. Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 4 to 5. Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Lord said that the fellow concerned will understand. He asked me to tell you, Pharaoh will leave your family alone. <laughs> I, I don't understand, but he said the fellow concerned. We understand. Pharaoh will leave your family alone. In Jeremiah chapter 1, <laughs> from verse 4 to 5, God said in his word concerning Jeremiah, he said, Before I formed thee, I knew thee. While you were seeing your mother's womb, I had already set to her side for a purpose. That's what is called destiny. Nobody came into this world by accident. God has a purpose for your life. And according to Jeremiah 29 verse 11, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it's a good purpose. He said, I know the thought I think towards you thoughts of good, not of evil, that you may have an expected end. Expected end. That's where God wants you to end. And it's a good one. But occasionally, someone might derail from his or her destiny. 
I'll give you just one example will do. In Luke chapter 5, from verse 1 to 11, Luke 5, from verse 1 to 11, you know the story about Peter fishing all night, catching nothing. The Lord came into his boat. He caught so much fish. He abandoned everything and followed Jesus because Jesus told him, you will be fisher of men. That's your destiny. You're not to be looking after fish. You are to be fishing for souls. <laughs> and if you follow the story of Peter, you will see he was going steadily in that direction. When the Lord said, who do men say that I am? And they were giving all manners of names. Uh, Titus, and he said, okay, what about you, people? He said, uh, well, I know you. You are the son of God. And the Lord said, oh, okay. You are living to, true to your destiny because this revelation is not from flesh and blood. You are hearing from God. But then came Matthew 26 from verse 69 to 75. Matthew 26 from verse 69 to 75. There is a redeemed Christian church of God very close to you. Join them for a life-changing experience in worship. on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.